0: Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast, a showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. I'm Maurice Cherry, and this week I talk with Daphne LaRose, a software engineer based in Lexington, Kentucky. Daphne is the founder of Black Female Coders, a website for black women who are passionate about web development and software engineering. We talked about her involvement in her local tech community and touched on a few topics dealing with blacks and technology overall. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so tell us who you are
1: and what you do. Hi, my name is Daphne LaRose. I run the site Black Female Coders. Um, I myself am a black female coder, uh, hence the the site. Mm -hmm. I am really just making it my mission to try to connect as many black female developers, not just within the U.S., but across the world as much as possible. Um, we, there's a sphere lack in our, in our community in the computing, computing community. And I'm really trying to show that despite this lack, we still exist. We're still out there. We're doing things and we're doing big things. And, you know, we just need to be connected more. When did uh, you start Black Female Coders? I know
0: I've seen it on Twitter and I've seen it on, uh, on Tumblr as well. But when did you start it?
1: I actually started it, um, just before Christmas, December of last year. Okay. Mhm.
0: And it, it seems like it's taken off pretty well.
1: Yeah, it's been doing pretty great. Definitely steadily been growing. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy about it. Very excited about it. What are, uh, I guess, you know, this sometimes comes with the territory,
0: but what sort of challenges do you have with uh, Black female coders in terms of the sites or the, the, the manifesto? I should say, since it's really a community thing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, right off the cuff, one of the biggest issues that I have is the fact that I work full time outside of this. So Mm -hmm. it's been very difficult for me to balance that um, and make sure that I still am able to make posts and be active on my social media and getting the word out, but at the same time also committing myself to my other life activities that I have to do. <laughs> right. Um, so that's been one of the biggest challenges for me. But in terms of the overall mission of the community, really, the, I would say that there hasn't been less challenges and more so just trying to get the word out. I guess probably, if anything, would be the biggest challenge, trying to get the word out, trying to get people to understand um, what it is exactly that I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to go about this and how I want to bring more people in Mm -hmm. Um, and really spreading the word, honestly, just getting the word out there, letting people know that, that we exist, we're here and we're doing things.
0: Well, I have to say there is a, uh, on Twitter alone, and I'm sure it's probably this way on some other social networks, but on Twitter alone, there is a huge sort of, uh, what's the best way to put it? Black, female nerd type community that i can see because there's like there's black Fem coders there's black girls code there's
1: uh black girl
0: nerds yeah there's a a whole huge bustling uh community have you worked with any of those organizations or reached out to them for uh promotion or for maybe teaming up on some things
1: oh absolutely um black girl nerds is one of my favorite blogs out there right now. They're, Jamie, who runs Black Girl Nerds, is doing some really incredible things, and she's just been fabulous to work with. She, I actually um, guested on a post, a podcast that she did a little while ago, Uh, along with some other Black coders across the country. That was really awesome. And we're gearing up to do another one this coming week, so that'll be really exciting. But she's been fantastic about, um, you know, helping promote my posts, uh, both on her website and on Twitter, and really getting the word out there and and really trying to help me spread my message. And I'm eternally grateful. It's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, she's fabulous. And Black Girls Code is just Wonderful, wonderful organization. I'm so impressed and in awe of how much they've been growing and how quickly and just the the sheer magnitude of their work. It's incredibly impressive. How do you, and,
0: and I guess, you know, based on what you've said already, but how do you keep motivated and inspired to sort of keep uh, black female coders as a community going? I know you said you yourself are a black right. female coder.
1: Well, and so that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. Uh-huh. I I see it more so as my Tumblr is me. You know, it's I'm, I'm trying to build a community and and hopefully a movement as well. But at the end of the day, it's it's me. This is who I am. This is what I do day in and day out. And um, that's what keeps me going. That's what makes me passionate about it. There's you know I, at my regular day job, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm coding. I'm developing. It's just that's my life. And so for me, this Tumblr is more than just about having a blog or being on Twitter or, you know, whatever. It's, it's about me sharing a huge piece of myself and my identity with the world mm-hmm. and trying to encourage other people to do the same.
0: How did you uh, get started or I guess how did you become interested in technology? Is it something that you were into at a, at a young age?
1: Actually, no. So I've always been relatively computer savvy. I mean, I, you know, I've been playing on computers for as long as I can remember. Just, I'm kind of a a video game nerd. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I've been, you know, playing computer games for, you know, since I could walk and use a keyboard, basically. But um, in terms of actually programming or getting more involved in computers that way, from a more academic perspective, that definitely did not come until way later in life. Um, I grew up in a family of engineers, and so what made that so interesting is the fact that, because of that alone, I wanted to rebel. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to be an engineer, I'm going to do something completely different. And so I actually wanted to be a novelist. That is what I grew up wanting to be. Okay. And then very much humanities focused novelist and then a psychologist and then a fashionista and all of these different things, journalist. Um, and it was very funny. But by the time I reached college, I moved to New York City so that I could pursue those dreams. Mm-hmm. And Life happens and it didn't work out as planned, but it was actually a huge blessing because I sort of just fell into computer science at that point in time. Started doing some tech support work because a friend recommended me for a job that she was doing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, You know, you know your way around computers. Um, Maybe this job might be a good thing to to look into. And I got the job and I really loved it. I was doing uh, campus tech support for students and it was just really cool to be like solving these kinds of problems and, and feeling like I was more knowledgeable about computers in general. So I wanted to learn more and I started taking CS classes at the beginning of my junior year, actually. So I started quite late for someone um, on my track, but, right. but it, it ended up being really good. I was able to finish in, in two years and complete my degree and then move on to, to get my master's um, just because I loved it so much and I love learning about the field. Nice. And I wanted to know more, and then after that, got my, my job, and that's where I'm now. So, yeah, interesting path. <laughs> and it's interesting said that you kind of just fell into it, junior
0: year, and you still were able to get out on time. That's great. I know a lot of people that, uh, well, I'm I'm really talking about me, but I know a lot of people that that started out doing computer science, and then after that first semester, it was like eh, I don't know if this is yeah. something I want to do. Uh, yeah. but I think it, it varies also a lot on, on the college that you go to and the, 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 education that you get. So that's sort of leading into, um, sort of another question of mine in terms of, uh, I guess STEM education, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: what, what college did you attend?
1: So my undergraduate was at Barnard college. Okay. And my graduate was at Georgia tech. Oh, you were at tech. Okay. Uh, yeah nice nice uh how did
0: that how did that go because I guess like you said you you got into it pretty pretty late in terms uh-huh. of sort of getting up to speed and learning how how much uh was I guess how much of a of a, a hurdle was it a big hurdle for you or oh, was yeah. it or was it pretty easy
1: no <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was it was hard it was really hard and I you know I will not hesitate to admit that it was tough, but worth it for me personally. What made it feel worth it was the fact that I was so passionate about it. I love what I do Uh and I just completely fell in love with the field really, really hard. (laughs) So I was able to not only look past the, the challenges of it, but I was more willing to take them on just because I was, I just loved what I was doing so much. Um, it it felt less like a, a sh- struggle in that way and more so just me continuously pushing towards something that I really, really wanted to accomplish for myself. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, go
0: ahead. No, I was going to say, did you have like a particular sort of uh, like an epiphany or an aha moment, like you're in the middle of an assignment and it all just sort of like clicks and comes together? Did, did you have a moment like that?
1: I did actually. Um multiple small ones, but the biggest one that I remember, uh, so <laughs> kind of a, a funny tangential story. I spent my last semester, um, and my master's studying abroad in France. Okay. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> I ended up taking a trip, about a week long trip, uh, to London and Germany, just on my own to go visit a friend of mine and whatnot. And I'm, I was, I remember my last day that I was there, I was in Munich waiting for my train and my train, I was going to be taking the night train back home. And I was, you know, just kind of walking around Munich all day <clears throat> and I had a, an assignment I had to do for one of my classes. It was uh, implementing um, like client, very basic client server architecture, creating uh, essentially a chat system mm and then adding like encryption to it to to secure the chat. And so I was working with a partner and and my responsibility was the, all of the networking uh, aspects of it. So actually building the client and the server and and getting that all up and running and he was handling the encryption part. Um, And so it was very funny because I'm in, you know, here I am in Munich, this like gorgeous place and walking around and all I can think of. About is how much I want to like whip out my laptop and start working on my experiment because I was so excited about it Mm -hmm. and so I find this you know Starbucks because obviously everywhere in the world's got to have a Starbucks (laughs) Um, (laughs) I find this this Starbucks and find this amazing table in the back of the store and just like set up shop I got my headphones I was rocking out got my little terminal up and everything got Vim open and I was just I was there from maybe like two o'clock in the afternoon till about 8 p.m their time right before my train was going to come and I just it was like the day just flew by and I was so excited about it and ended up getting a lot of it done um and working and it was just the most amazing feeling ever and it was one of those things where I wasn't even it wasn't until afterwards that it hit me I was like you know, most people go to other countries to, like, go see things. And, <laughs> you know, for me, it was more fun to, like, sit in a cafe and work on this. And But I, I didn't regret any of it. It was just wonderful. And that was kind of when it hit me that, yeah, maybe this is something that I'm meant to do. This feels right.
0: What uh, What programming languages do you work with primarily?
1: So, in my current job, I, I work primarily in C. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, outside of work though, I've been trying to teach myself JavaScript. Um, yeah, that's probably been the biggest one. I've dabbled in other languages. My, my foundation in terms of my schooling was in Java Uh mostly. And then I've, I've dabbled in Python, PHP, did some Perl work. Um, I know some bash scripting. I use that quite a bit for my, my job as well. Um. Just kind of runs the gamut in terms of, you know, the different languages that I use.
0: Is C the uh, your favorite one that you like to work with?
1: Currently, yes. <laughs> it's funny, but it, it changes. My I feel like my favorite language changes all the time, and it's pretty much based off of you know what I'm using the most at that point in time and why I'm using it. So, mm-hmm. I went through a phase where I like I loved PHP. I was like PHP and I are tight. Like I love this language. We're cool. But then we had a falling out, and that's okay. (laughs) And so I moved on to something else, and it's cool. We broke up for a little while, but we're still friends. I have um, when when I was looking for the job that I have now, I was explicitly seeking a job that was doing more embedded work, and so uh, I really wanted the opportunity to work in C and really learn it more and really understand it. I personally believe that um, C is one of those Fundamental languages that are just really good as a computer scientist to not only learn but really try to understand. Um, And so I I feel very grateful that I've had the opportunity to do that through my job.
0: Has uh, there's sort of this notion that when you sort of learn one programming language, it makes it easier to learn the others. Is that true?
1: I do think so, definitely. Um, Because at the end of the day. All programming languages are really are just tools. So as long as you understand the underlying fundamentals of the field, data structures, understanding how memory works, um, just, you know, the various overarching themes of computer science. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, your programming language just becomes your, your tool of choice. So, you know, it's not necessarily, under. you know, it's, it's the difference between, <clears throat> you know, understanding like on a more surface level how your car works so that you know when to take it in for oil and like really learning, you know, the different components of your car versus understanding from a theoretical perspective how the car is able to run in the first place or how you would even design such a car to get it to that, you know, uh-huh that that kind of difference between like the the theory and the actual implementation and the programming falls into the more implementation aspects of it uh-huh. so with that said if you can understand what's more or less going on underneath the hood then <clears throat> you know the the world is your oyster in terms of picking up the programming languages themselves
0: cool yeah. so let's switch gears a little bit you're located in uh in lexington kentucky yes uh, is that I guess for for work, right? Is that why mm-hmm. you're in Lexington, or do you have you have family in Lexington also?
1: I don't. Um, <laughs> my family is elsewhere. Uh, okay. I, I moved here explicitly for my job. Yes.
0: Uh, what's the What's the local tech or, or like development community like there? Is there a, a big scene like that in Lexington?
1: Yeah, I mean, big is relative, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it's it's growing. It's really growing and. It's actually really interesting because I was not expecting to find it. Mm-hmm. I, once again, kind of just stumbled into it. I have a tendency to, to do that. Um, and so <laughs> it was very interesting for me. But, yeah, we have a pretty awesome startup culture here, um, a pretty strong gaming culture as well, uh, game programming culture. Okay. Um, but, yeah, there's... There's actually several startups in town and incubators in town that are really trying to encourage even more startups and and really trying to get people to learn about technology and get more interested in it and learn how to program and all of these kinds of things. And I've been pretty involved with that scene as well. Um, I run an event every second Saturday of the month called Lexington Codes, where basically I invite developers from all across the region, really, to join us at um, a coffee shop, a local coffee shop. And we spend, on average, anywhere between four to six hours just doing whatever. Mostly it's for the purpose of working on side projects, Mm -hmm. you know, the kinds of projects that you just don't have time to do throughout the work week. But, you know, we'll do anything from actually working on our own projects to uh, collaborating on various projects or doing you know, really nerdy brain teasers together and logic puzzles, or whatever we feel like doing at the point in time. We've also had sessions where we had amazing discussions about, you know, feminism and race and culture and society. And it's just interesting because you never know what you're going to get every month. So uh-huh. it's been really fun. Wow how uh, how many people are usually in that group? Um, it's been growing steadily. We started it back in February and. Um, at that point in time it was very small uh, maybe you know a few people from work from my job but it's it's definitely grown quite a bit to you know now on average we get anywhere between 10 to 15 people coming through so nice. yeah so it's definitely growing
0: uh, have you been to any uh, like development conferences or hackathons or anything like that um,
1: not recently more I would I'm in the process of Figuring out how I can go to even more. Um, it's a little hard being here in this part of the country only because you're kind of far away from a lot of the conferences. Most of the time they're either on the East Coast or the West Coast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a little difficult. Although there's been a huge push recently for there to be more conferences springing up in the Midwest, which I think is pretty awesome. So Cincinnati has some, Louisville has some. Like We're, we're d- definitely getting more. Um, and I'd like to be able to participate in those in the coming future. The most recent conference that I went to though was a joint project between um, Google and NSBE. Mm-hmm. And that was out, I was out in San Francisco about two weeks ago for that. And that was, that was super fun. I had a blast. Um, coding workshops and, um, you know, various managers and directors from, from Google coming to speak to us about the projects that they're working on and whatnot, and it was a great way to just meet other people, other people of color in tech who are just doing really amazing things. So it's
0: cool. I know that with, uh, sort of the blacks in tech kind of, uh, black in America for, I don't know if you remember that special from CNN, there's, there's been this, uh, talk about having more African Americans in Silicon Valley to kind of I guess help even out the numbers with respect to representation Mm -hmm. and technology. And you say you just uh, visited San Francisco. Do you think that uh, your work would eventually take you out there full time? Or do you think you'd prefer to stay in a, in a place like Lexington?
1: That's a really great question. And to be honest, it's something that I am still trying to figure out in and of myself. Um, Just trying to determine where do I think would be a great place uh, both for me and for, you know, the movement that I'm trying to eventually push. Um, <laughs> hopefully. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting question because I, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I think the, uh, the easy answer would be to say that, you know, just move out to Silicon Valley. That's where all the action is. But I'm not entirely convinced that that's the best way or the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great way, but I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have a tendency to sleep on, you know, the, the other parts of the country. Um, they, there's a lot happening elsewhere, not just in Lexington, but, you know, places that you would never expect. Austin, Texas, Kansas City, Chicago has quite a bit going on and is building. There's, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbus, like there are places that are booming. Hmm. Orlando as well, if I recall correctly. But there's just, you know, little pockets all around the country that are just springing up. And I think that's really interesting, too, understanding, you know, the difference between joining uh, a culture that is already pre-existing and and pretty uh, well-established versus being a part of one that's still growing and just starting off. So it just kind of depends on what your flavor is. But I mean, I know for me personally, I'm, I'm a big city girl. That's, that's, that's what I'm used to. So it's been an, an interesting adjustment for me moving out to Kentucky because it's so completely opposite of what I'm used to. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but with that said though, it's been such a pleasant surprise because I've met so many wonderful people doing a lot of really wonderful things. And if I hadn't moved here, I wouldn't have seen that. So I think that's something that people should keep in mind as well.
0: I know in terms of, uh, of design, you mentioned Columbus and Cincinnati and mm-hmm. Cleveland is sort of starting to uh, yeah, try to become more of a prominent place in the design community. They have this uh, yearly festival called the, oh, the name, I just blanked on the name. I can't believe that. It's called the uh, Weapons of Mass Creation Fest. That's what it nice. is. Uh, nice. And it's like a hybrid uh, design, tech, music, kind of inspiration type festival. I swear it's going to be the next South by because the current South by has just grown into this Hydra that can barely be contained within Austin. But uh, I think WMC Fest has been going for about three or four years now. And I, I really want to try to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it this year, but uh, they, they usually have a a pretty diverse uh, speaking panel they, uh, it's a small event. They they try to keep it, I think, pretty well contained. It's been going for three years now. They do a good bit of presentation around it. It's uh, put on by Go Media, which is a design company in Cleveland. Uh, I I'm really interested to sort of see where that's going to to take off. But I I do agree to your point about saying, you know, don't neglect other communities for not being sort of that that Silicon Valley experience. You know, it's you have to sort of fertilize your grass where you're at so to speak and it sounds like with what you're talking about with you know lexington codes that you're you're doing that you're fostering that sense of community where you are so why you know why go to san francisco if you don't necessarily you know need to if you have what you need
1: where you're at yeah and i definitely i one thing that i'm trying to really think about and encourage as well is uh, more communication across the geographies. Right. So, you know, just because we're in Lexington and they're in Silicon Valley or New York or whatever, doesn't mean that like, you know, there can't be some cross pollination, if you will. Right. Amongst them. Um, there's so many, I mean, that's, that's the benefit of moving to a place like Silicon Valley or to New York city. There's just the, the resources and the opportunities are, are in abundance out there. I mean, you just, you feel it in the air as soon as you step outside. Yeah. And so it's it's also really wonderful and really inspiring and motivating to be in that kind of atmosphere. And I think that that's something um, a lot of people would benefit from. But I also think that it, there's also a lot to be said of trying to build that elsewhere too, sharing the wealth, if you will. Right. What
0: advice would you give to someone that's uh, just starting out in programming I know there's been this push lately uh, the sort of learn to code push and you've got these resources online what sort of uh, advice would you give to someone that's that's gung-ho about sort of getting into technology where where should they start what would you tell them
1: I would tell them I mean obviously like you mentioned looking at different resources like you know Coursera code Academy um, you know various, learning sites like that. Also trying to find um, organizations that are holding classes. So for example, there's an organization out there called Girl Develop It, where, you know, they actually bring in instructors to help teach basic programming classes. And they have meetups all over the country. And I think even in other parts of the world, Um, just being able to find organizations like that, that are really trying to help teach people how to do this um, in a less formally academic setting. Also, uh, one thing that I always say, like the biggest, I firmly believe that the best way to learn how to program is to just start programming. So (laughs) it may sound like a chicken and egg kind of situation, but it's really not. If you can find something that you just be interested in building, for example, if you've always wanted to make your own website, Mm you know, just start reading up on it and just start doing it. Pick up an HTML book and follow along with the examples that they put in the book and, you know, open up. You don't need anything fancy. You just need your laptop and an internet connection really and a book and, and you can already start learning. What's the last thing that you built that was
0: just for fun? Like it wasn't for work. It wasn't for um, anything else. You just built it because you, wanted to build it
1: that's a great question so i'm actually still working on it now but i've been doing a lot of stuff in the background for my website for black coders Mm -hmm. um and i have this you know whole plan in mind for what i want it to look like and how i want it to function and so that's been consuming a lot of my time is fleshing that out and building that and working on that
0: If you weren't programming, what would you be doing? I think you mentioned before that you thought about being a novelist, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So do you mean um, professionally or just like hobbies in my spare time? Just like anything. Like if you weren't a programmer, what would you
0: be doing for a living? That
1: is a great question.
0: So. hmm. I will say that Daphne LaRose is an excellent pen name if you decide to go that route. I (laughs) I think you would. I mean, I think people would buy just based off of that.
1: <laughs> Funny story about that. Um, <laughs> my, I used to babysit a lot in college, and I had one family—a uh, mother and a daughter—who they just really loved my, my name. They were convinced that I would make the most perfect Las Vegas like lounge singer. <laughs> that was a a side hustle that I wanted to pursue they were really trying to push me to do that and so every time you know I I went over their house or they called me up on the phone or whatever they never addressed me as simply Daphne it was always Daphne the Rose is here hey Daphne the Rose (laughs) hi it was always my full name (laughs) so it was really funny it's funny that you mentioned that um let's see what would I be doing Honestly, I really, really enjoy community organizing. I love bringing people together for whatever reason. So I get the feeling that I would be doing a lot of that. I also very much enjoy reading. (laughs) And so, though one may not necessarily be able to make a full out career in reading, unless you count sitting in Barnes and Nobles for eight hours at a time as a job. But um, I'd probably be doing a lot of that, honestly, having very spirited discussions about things. Okay. And, and I think
0: that with, uh, with black female coders, at least you're having those spirited discussions still right now.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's what also makes me so excited about it is that it's a nice, um, it's a nice integration of a lot of different aspects of myself that I really love going back to this idea that it's a, it's a part of me. Um, I love talking about things. I love writing about things. I love, um, voicing my opinion and, and articulating my ideas and, and also hearing what other people think as well. And, and starting a discussion, that's something that I'm very passionate about. And I feel like, you know, especially on Tumblr, more than a lot of other, uh, blog spaces that I looked into, I feel like Tumblr is such a great way of, interacting with so many different people Mm -hmm. and getting other people's opinions and their ideas and their thoughts and and also you know building a community tumblr is a beautiful way to be to build a community um I've, i've been just so impressed by the platform in and of itself and the the people that you find on that platform so um it's, it's cool. It's cool. It worked out nicely.
0: What's the last – I know you were saying that it's, it's great for discussion. What's the last sort of uh, – or the latest, I should say, discussion that's going on right now?
1: Um, I made a post last week on – let me see if I remember exactly. It was along the lines of uh, – ah, yes. It was on the idea of uh, the mentality that women are bad at math. I had come across an an article that my friend sent me uh, that where they had done, a group of researchers had done a study that found uh, if women taking a math test pretended to be someone else while they were taking that test, they did a lot better on the test than the women who didn't do that. Hmm. Um, It was very interesting. It was a co-ed study and they found that the women who pretended to be someone else did just as well as their male counterparts. But the women who didn't pretend to be someone else and just, you know, rem- only thought of, I guess, themselves throughout the study didn't do as well in general. So I found that very interesting, um, this idea that, you know, we ha- that it's, it's ingrained in us to not even, um, what's the word? not even be able to tap into our own identities and ourselves in order to be able to to do our best, right? And what does that really say about our society and about how um, the kinds of messages that we've been internalizing as a culture? Uh, and so I that inspired me to write on this whole idea of women being bad at math. I, I had a discussion, the same friend that sent me that article, we had a lengthy discussion that day about Some of the insecurities and the doubts that we have faced uh, while working just in our professional careers and even in in academically um, and how it's been difficult you know those have definitely been challenges and really being able to uh, be confident in our knowledge and in our training and in our skills and uh, not letting those kinds of challenges break us down in that kind of way so
0: well, I certainly think that sort of instilling a sense of, uh, of community kind of helps with that, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely think that what you're doing with, with black female coders is, is excellent along those lines. Uh, just to kind of sort of wrap things up here, where can our audience find you online?
1: So you can find me on Tumblr, uh, blackfemalecoders.tumblr.com. Um, I'm also all over Twitter, <laughs> blackfemcoders. Coders. That's my Twitter handle. Um, send me an email, at blackfemalecoders.gmail.com. That's one a really great way to reach me. And I just love getting in contact with people. I love receiving messages both on Tumblr and Twitter or whatever um, and really having people reach out to me and ask me questions and want to learn things and want to know things. And however I can help, I will help. So if you're interested in learning how to code or you're interested in figuring out where to go to do hackathons or programming contests or whatever, just get in touch with me, we'll make things happen.
0: Awesome, well, Daphne, thank you uh, for taking time out of your day for this interview. This has went extremely well. It's been a very good interview, I think, that. People will really enjoy it. Thank you again so much.
1: Thank you, Maurice. This has been wonderful, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this. Oh, no problem.
0: And that's it for this week. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast. Are you interested in sponsoring the Revision Path podcast, either per episode or exclusively? There will be information in the show notes on how you can do just that. Make sure to check us out on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Revision Path. Or go to our website at revisionpath.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. Peace.